This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, AfterBuzz TV listeners, want to share your opinions, give feedback, or tell us what you're thinking? Send us a voice message. Voice messages are an easy way for you to send us audio that might end up in a future episode of our After Show. They're the latest feature from Anchor, the platform we use to publish and distribute our podcast to you for free. You could send us voice messages about all sorts of topics, questions you have for us, what you think of our format, something you want us to do better, your best impression of one of the characters, anything you can think of. We'll see all of your messages and we might add them into a future episode. Anchor makes that part super easy. You can send us a voice message right now from wherever you're listening. Just tap the link in the show notes. We can't wait to hear from you. Who is Isaiah Palmer? Tia's conflict and no indictment. We talk about it in a few minutes. Come on back. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. What's happening, everybody? Hello, hello. What's happening, Kelsey? Miss AJ. Hey. What's up, everybody? Loving this new music from AfterBuzz TV. This is the Red Line season finale, episodes 7 and 8. We are here covering it all for you today. Episode 7, I must tell you what we have inherited in episode 8. This victory alone is not the change we seek. I have my wonderful co-host next to me, Miss Kelsey Hightower. Hey, guys. How's it going? We also have Miss AJ Talks, and sitting next to Miss hey AJ guys. Talks is the Argentinian assassin, Ooh, Mr. Sebastian Sozzi. How y'all doing? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Shout out from Flex. How y'all doing? What's happening, man? How you doing, man? Very good. I'm happy to be here. Thanks yes. for having me. We're Absolutely. glad to have you. He is the gentleman who plays the one and only Officer Carranza, Diego Carranza, on the red line. So, before we get started, we have so much that we're going to do. Our special segment is going to be an acute interview with Mr. Sebastian tonight. We're going to get to know him a little bit better. And if anything he's doing, he'll be able to share it with you later in the show. Now, first, Miss Kelsey. Please let me know how you felt about these episodes. I mean, this is uh, the final episodes. This was crazy how fast the season has gone. And because they aired two episodes at a time, Mm -hmm. it just feels like it flew by. And um, I want more. So I hope that we'll get some more. But as always, it was loaded um, Mm -hmm. with lots of things to talk about, which I'm yes. excited to do. Well, since you want more, I'll uh, reach out to Ava and see what I can pull. Okay? Please do. Thank <laughs> you for doing that for me. I appreciate it. All yeah. right. All right, Miss AJ Talks, what do you have for us, ma'am? What did you think tonight? Um, I think the episode was very realistic. I got um, it dealt with a lot of issues that said before, you know, like the systemic racism mm-hmm. and institutional failures, everything. So um, it was, it gave a very realistic approach to stuff that may be happening in the real events that have occurred All right. in the past. Well, now, Mr. Sebastian, we're going to save you for a minute. I have a couple of questions <laughs> we're going to ask you. And I do, um, we, we know that we see in the beginning of episode seven that Isaiah Palmer is the gentleman who is referred to as Jira's father, the biological father. And so he decides to make this announcement in the middle of a rally that Tia is having, and it interrupts the rally. 
So I want to know how you all feel, Kelsey, first about Isaiah coming forward with who he is at that moment. Well, I at that moment, it, th- throughout that whole season, we've seen um, people coming up in kind of the worst moments, mm-hmm. um, especially um, Jira's biological parents. That's right. um, so it wasn't shocking that this happened at mm-hmm. this time, but I'm glad he did. He saw an opportunity, and from his perspective, he was like, okay, this was the time that I knew this is my daughter, mm-hmm. so I'm going to take seize the moment and talk to her. And Tia ha- is really taken aback because she does not want Jira to know him mm-hmm. and have that relationship, which is something we've seen from uh, Jira's parents in the past so this is like a theme that keeps coming up but um you have to remember it came out or we found out in this episode that he was 15 years old Mm -hmm. um when he had jira and that he's lived a lifetime a whole lifetime since that and people change so i think that you know that was good that she was able to see him and meet him because she got to form her own decision Mm -hmm. about her biological father, which there's a lot of things to unpack with yes. Isaiah's character. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll get into that, I think, later All on. right. Well, what about you, Sebastian? What did you think about Isaiah coming forward at that moment? I think it's, you know, a natural step for, I think, most people who have children mm-hmm. uh, who may have had to give them up because yeah. of, you know, young age or because not being on the right path to raise a child. I mean, you see your kid on television mm-hmm. and in, in such a magnificent fashion. Mm-hmm. I believe most human beings are going to want to reach out. And, um, and you know, there might be other motivations that we can't speak to, but I, I, it seemed like he was pure of heart, and he okay. felt like he changed, and he wanted to meet his daughter and be a better man. Yeah. Okay. He so what found God. Okay. He found God. That'll, found that'll God. do something to you. Okay. Yeah. Um, I felt like it was inappropriate at that point in time, mm-hmm. you know, while it's an event going on, mm-hmm. for you to spill, you know, the... Spill that type of news right then and there was a lie. I feel like he could have waited till after it was over. But, you know, him coming forth and just admitting or revealing that he is the father and he's willing to be in her life, I think that was very positive and it was good. And I think it would have been beneficial if they didn't fall out. Okay. Well, um, the question that I asked myself is, is Isaiah Palmer a con man? That was the first. Is he looking for something? Yeah, oh, that's the first looking, thing I really? asked. Yes, I mean, come on. Tia Young is not someone who's not popular. You mm-hmm. absconded when the baby was bo- right. Right when the baby was born, you left. Seventeen years is the time that is considered a career criminal. So, what have you been doing for seventeen years? Yes, you could have found God, but a lot of people find God in jail. Mm-hmm. So what? my question was, is he a con man? That's the first thing that popped in my really? head because I kind of harken back to what you said. If you had pure thoughts, this is my opinion. If you had pure thoughts, you would not have waited to do it in such a, pu- a public forum. You might have gone behind when, the scenes. You have oh, okay. to right. You There's would have been like, gain, yeah. exactly. Gain a lot by making yourself public. You could have gone and said, Tia, I'm here. And mm-hmm. she would have been like, don't say anything. I got you, bro. Mm-hmm. That's just my opinion. You know? I so I just, okay, I just want to know. I can, I can understand what you said. Yeah. It, it makes for good TV, though, when he stands does, up yeah. in, the, in the middle of a crowd. Right. Front, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's, uh, you know. You're right. No, he didn't. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But I think I think you should have your antennas up, and I think obviously uh, Tia does. Yeah. Because um, she's not really happy about it or having mm. it. Uh, but there's a theme in the show a lot is parents fearing losing their child. Yeah. You know, uh, with Jira and her father, mm-hmm. that happens a lot. She, he kind of feels like he's not enough for her, and she wants mm-hmm. some more. And in the end, you know, she reaffirms that he's he's the, all that. the dad that she needs. Yeah. Exactly. 
So okay. that, was, that was a beautiful scene to me when I saw that tonight. I thought that was okay. nice. Yeah. All right. Well, they we'll, did kind of good. They acted in kind of good. They did do yeah, well. They kind of good. We've been enjoying the entire series. Everybody has just been bringing us in and. It's like you forget. I remember I know some have some friends who are actors and actresses and they always say the best type of work is when you forget the character. Absolutely. You know, like I'm not looking at Sebastian as a a viewer, as an actor, as a viewer. Okay. so I'm looking at both ways. Okay, well, good. Yeah, Yeah. I'm looking at you as Officer Carranza. Mm -hmm. I'm not looking at you as Sebastian. And so that really tells me your skills. You know, I mean, you really spoke to that character, which we're going to talk about later. We're not going to get ahead of ourselves. (laughs) See, see, my homies, they they still can't believe I'm a cop when they see me in uniform. So they don't believe it. Uh, I do. (laughs) Of course, they're led by things they've known previously. You put on the uniform. It really does something to you. Yeah, that that kind of does have to work, you know, costumes in general. Yeah, of course. Uniform Mm is like immediately. I'm like, okay, I'm doing cops. Ready for business. What you doing over there? (laughs) Yeah, get back in your car. I just started telling people. So He's good. regulating. Yeah, just, I'll make sure you drive off I'm ahead saying. of me tonight, yeah. so I don't like speed off. You know, get I actually me. pulled somebody over in Chicago by accident. What? Yeah, so How you, did you do that? Do you remember the scene where I, I kind of had the tape in the car and I'm thinking and I pull yeah. off? Yeah, yeah. So I had to do that a bunch of times. I had to put on the siren and uh, one take, I just speed off. And they're like, all right, cut, come back around. And I try to turn. This car pulls over in front of me. I'm like, what is this dude <laughs> doing? Like, what is? Why is he stopping? And the PA in the back's like, bro, I think he, he, you're pulling him over. Exactly. Uh, yeah, so that was pretty cool. And I did, I did kind of have a little fun with him. That's against the law. So uh, don't, don't do this. I rolled down, roll down the window and I looked at him. He looked so scared. I said, hey, brother, <laughs> next time you drive safe, it's your life. <laughs> I kept him moving. <laughs> it was pretty funny. It was pretty funny. But I didn't do a lot of that. Just one time. That's what's that up. So technically, great. I pulled the man over. That's what's uh, up. Should have cuffed him. Off the bucket list. And that probably, like, helped you stay in character for oh, that. Oh, I was more cop that night than ever. I, was, uh, I, be- I believed it that night. Speaking of getting lost in it. Yeah. <laughs> That's dope, man. <laughs> there you go. Well, let's move ahead. Let's talk about uh, Officer Carranza. I wanna, we're going to go to the end really quickly. So we see at the end of Episode 7, Paul Evans is having a conflict. He finds out that Officer Carranza, well, first Calder walks in mm-hmm. and approaches everyone in the police station, and he's very concise. I know who I know. One of you all is responsible. I want to know how can you do half of a job and allow us to sit there and suffer? And we saw in that scene, Officer Carranza felt. Uh, I won't say guilty, but felt accountable at that moment because mm-hmm. he's looking. The commander has no idea what's going on, but he does know that someone in the in the precinct did leak the video. Mm-hmm. So now Officer Carranza finally meets up with Paul Evans and he tells him the truth. He's like, look, man, you were trying to sue somebody who you put in pain. How did y'all feel about that scene? How did you feel when Officer Carranza approached or Paul approached Officer Carranza and he told him how he was raised? Well, I don't, I don't know. That was a really tough scene um, to watch. And I think that brought a lot of truth to, I mean, what this show does is it like brings light to kind of some truth and what's going on. And so I think that we saw like a real perspective from Paul as far as like where he grew up and the mm-hmm. type of person he is from Officer Carranza's speech. And what he's saying is like, you have been raised this way and... Um, and you are, like, in a way, raised kind of racist, and that's the person that you are, and I know a dozen other people who are just like you. Mm -hmm. So it really brought truth, I think, to 
you know, what's going on Mm -hmm. and a lot of the issues that come from that. Well, I do want to bring this up before I get you all's opinions. So Officer Carranza named three parts of town that are in Chicago that are outlined in Chicago, Beverly, Greenwood, excuse me, and Inglewood. Now, Beverly, I did the research. Mm -hmm. Beverly has a median income of $90,000 and Greenwood has a median income of $89,000, 86% white. Inglewood, which was named 69% black, $19,000 is the median income. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm from Atlanta. Any median income that's under 72 or 75, we kind of steer clear from. Yeah. I, I grew up in a median income of around 120 grand a year. So I'm used to a certain demographic as far as the people I interact with. So it was valid that you brought that up as the character to let Paul know, hey, you may not be self-aware, but everyone else around you is. So yeah, how did you absolutely. feel about that? Well, it's, it speaks to, it's true to um, all of us, mm-hmm. and it's, especially anybody who grew up in a metropolitan and more of a city. Um, there's pockets, you know right. what I'm saying? Like I grew up in New York City, and obviously it's very diverse, mm-hmm. but at the same time, there's pockets. You know, there's the, you go to Harlem and there's a black, the black crowd. You go up a little further and there's Dominicans and Puerto Ricans mm-hmm. and Brooklyn guys. Everybody got their thing. And, you know, I really, I really think that people in general are just doing their best in life. Mm-hmm. But somebody's best is often defined or seen through the lens of, of learned behavior mm-hmm. and of the culture and, and what you've been exposed to. Right. So I think the show speaks to, you know, Paul's character is not necessarily he wanted to do bad. Mm-hmm. But you see in the last episode, he's struggling with looking in himself to see what kind of subconscious things have I been taught that mm-hmm. are dictating my actions. That's right. And I think... Um, Myself, and I think most people that feel marginalized and and all over the world, but in America specifically, I think that's kind of one of the things uh, we're asking, like our white brothers and sisters. It's like, yo, just I understand it might be hard, but if you look in and realize right. all, all the things that we've been taught um, to to not love ourselves or for you to be scared of us or whatever that is, and I think that the fact that the show is speaking on that is beautiful. It is, and I think the fact that I was able to be the voice of some of those. Um, feelings yeah. and, and truths was just, was just an honor, man. It was yeah. just, so I, I, I loved filming that scene. Like, I awesome. read it and I was like, I knew it in a second. And I just went out there and said it because I've said it before. Yeah, of I've course. said those words, obviously in different circumstances, but of I've course. said that. I felt that. Right. Uh, so yeah, that, that's why I really love playing the role. That's I awesome. Because like, I was like, yeah, word. Yeah, but it's true to a point. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Yeah. AJ? Yeah, um, I definitely agree. I feel like the show... Definitely touched on the lie, um, as well as when he brought those things to light. Because, you know, like you said, it is stuff that we don't think about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, stuff that we probably do unintentionally and unaware, you know, which goes back into microaggression. And you just saying stuff and not really knowing that, wait, is this offensive? Or, mm-hmm. you know, am I offending someone? Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's like, it's just, she brought up a lot of issues. And I really think that the show is very underrated. And a lot of people need to watch it because... yeah. No, but seriously, because she touched on a lot of issues and stuff that's going on now. And, you know, it needs to get more attention Um, because, yeah, she Ava DuVernay, she did that. Yeah, she did. did All right. Well, um, all right. So let's give Karanza a little break. You know, he's a little tired. He's been pulling people over. You know, give him a little break. Yeah. Matter of fact, (laughs) let me go outside and make sure the streets are safe. (laughs) Y'all watch out now. (laughs) But um, so I do want to talk about Tia. So we see Sharice Gray, who is in a leadership position under Nathan Gordon's uh, campaign. 
So she reaches out to Tia in person, actually, and she basically tells her, I'm here because Nathan sent me to be a spy for you. He sent me to be a fly on the wall. I'm going to let you know that I'm going to be on that wall and I want to see what you come up with. And so as we move further along, we see that Sharice is willing to relinquish her position with Nathan Gordon in order to gain more with Tia because she thinks that Tia is the future. Do you think that Tia made a good decision in keep in going with Sharice as far as having her on her campaign? Yes, I think so. And I saw a issue that I think is very popular too is like women fighting against other women Mm -hmm. and Gordon put her in a position to fight against Tia. Speak on it. And this is something that I feel like is so I it's so wrong today too, is just that there's so many women who are just fighting against other women Mm -hmm. um just because they're trying to you know, save their career. They're trying to keep their career because she said that if she doesn't do this, um, Gordon's going to make her to where she doesn't have a job. That's right. She can't get any kind of work because she'll just be ruined in the industry. And so it's... Blackballed. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's very much like, I have to do this to survive. And so I'm going to pick a fight against you as another woman. And I feel like they had to fight that out and Tia had to bring her on and be like, okay... I want you to be on my team. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look past this. And they're going to be stronger as women together mm-hmm. than they are fighting. And I, like I just feel like it's you see that too many times, you know, in today's society. Okay. That's how I feel. AJ, I want to move to you on this subject. How did you feel about that? Um, How did I feel about... The women-on-women conflict where Sharice... Oh, uh-huh. yeah. Definitely agree with Kelsey. They definitely try to put two women against each other, two strong black women against mm-hmm. each other. And, you know, that's typical what they normally do in those type of any type of situation where it's like we can work together. We can all have this black girl magic together. Mm -hmm. So, yes. Really quick shout out to our sponsor, guys. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your phone or your computer. Creation tools allow you to hit record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll even distribute your podcast for you so that it can be heard everywhere. That's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Do you think they can make magic together? Tia and Sharice? Yes, of course. Okay. You think so, Kelsey? Well, yeah, I think we start seeing that in the final episode. Okay. Yeah. All right. What about you, Sebastian? I'm, I'm thinking about the um, the long-lost father of Jira and how you had to be like, hmm, is he a con man? Right. And I think one of the things the last episode touches on is like, are they, is this the first step in them becoming the monster that they've been trying to slay? You know what I'm saying? Mm, okay. So, you know, she's, she's doing dirt. Yeah. And, you know. When you get in that arena, there's only one way to play and win. Yes. And so what happens is you got to be careful and not turn into what you've been trying to fight. Yeah. And that's that's a common kind of story. I yes. mean, probably in politics. I don't think there's any way to just be the nice guy and, and yeah. come up in that industry. Okay. All right. Well, before we move on to episode eight, we have some things that we want to share with you here at AfterBuzz TV. Yes, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in right now. And if you're watching us right now on YouTube, please make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. And if you're listening to us on iTunes, give us a five-star rating and also comment. Tell all of your friends. We love you guys so much. And thank you so much for hopping into the live chat. We love you guys and we appreciate you. So, yeah. All right. I love y'all, too. (laughs) 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 All right. Well... All right, so let's move on to episode eight. 
the scene, the the show opens up. I'm telling you, I was having some issues with this first, this second episode. The episode opens up, and everybody is awaiting the final, the results of the case with Paul Evans mm. versus Calder, and we find out that there is no indictment after. Uh, Vic does her testimony after Carranza has his testimony we still find out that there is no indictment on Paul Evans Kelsey please tell me what did you think I mean that was heavy I think we all verbally disagreed with Mm. that as we saw that and it was to a point where you knew that he was going to get indicted like Mm -hmm. it was like you mentioned everything was leading towards this and in such a way that these last two episodes set up Paul in such a different manner than we've seen him on any other mm-hmm. platform this series. Before, we've always seen him in a bar. We've seen him getting into fights. We've seen how terrible his family is. These last two episodes, we've seen him being almost nice mm-hmm. and apologizing. He goes up to Officer Carranza and apologizes to him. He's just so torn up and beat up inside and dealing with this emotional battle that we've been seeing that for a split second, I was like, Oh, he's getting indicted. Oh, that's kind of, that right. sucks. And then they were like, no indictment. I was like, Oh, that's right. no, like it brings you back to reality yeah. and you're overwhelmed with hold on. We knew like everything was supposed to line up and we see this in current events. Like yep. this yeah. is what happens. And, um, it's just, you know, why, why that's kind of the why question. Why does it keep happening? Can you tell us, Sebastian, why it keeps happening? You're going to come to the cop. I'm <laughs> going um, to the cop. <laughs> well, yes, yeah, I mean, you said it. It's, it's, it's realistic that he didn't get indicted. I mean, that's... If I knew, if I knew, I would I would tell you. I have no idea. But a lot of people, they, a lot of these cops, they get away with making these huge mistakes, as Paul want to call it. But these mistakes mm-hmm. ruin lives, take lives. Mm-hmm. And I think that the show, the big thing about the show is that it, it affected so many lives. It just mm-hmm. one event, you know what I'm saying? And I think that's... One of the things they're trying to show is like it's not just the, per- the the black man shot or the white cop whose life is on the line afterwards. There's so many people around, and just people watching it hurts your spirit. It does, right? And yeah. with um, Paul, it's exactly that. He has affected. I think I wrote this down that he his decision has affected so many people mm-hmm. except himself almost. Yeah. So with Vic getting fired, he decides fired, to affect himself. He doesn't want to be his dad. That's right. What I think. Right. Yes. And so yeah. he's like one way is to get out of this. Yep. Yeah. You know. And he he does that because nobody else is letting him out. Like, everybody else is um, letting him get off on it. And he has tried time and time again to apologize and then to be taken off the force. And I feel like nobody is letting him do that. And so he just has to quit because that's the only way for him. But he has to live with his decision. You can't let them win. I mean, that's what, you know, that's what the the, the cop side of things is. You can't Mm -hmm. let them win. You can't leave. We got to fight this because one, one loss can... You know, mm-hmm. we can dictate the next, the next trial, that's the next true. trial, and the next trial, and that's right. what what some people on one side are hoping for. But yeah, and you know that that scene that you were just talking about that just really shows the extent that police will go through to cover up their mistakes and to cover themselves. And you know, it's just like you said, Kelsey. It just makes you wonder. Oh, okay. what? Are you <laughs> well, I, I thought that was a thing. I was like, Do the damn thing, girl. It's all good. No, it's not. I mean, that put, them on, put them on all of them. It's a string from a pen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, see, no, but no, Kelsey. It just makes you wonder, like you said, how much of this goes on in real life, current events, where you have the truth, you have people that come forward, you have it right here in your hands, and you still choose to, 
you know, cover it up. And I just feel like in America that, you know, we do have a history of blaming a victim and then maybe making people question, you know, what they really know. And, you know, it, it challenges people's motives that do come forward um, when they do have information regarding things. And it's like, you know, when they try to persist and like, no, this is what's really going on. Then they make them to appear incompetent or mm-hmm. insane mm-hmm. or, you know, something's wrong with them. And, you know, it's just a constant cycle of gaslighting. Um, you know, in a sense where it's abuse and then you got the denial and then you had a victim blaming. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was just thinking like, you know, this goes back all the way to slavery where, you know, people would, they tried to make slavery seem like it was, you know, consensual or mm-hmm. that they wanted to do it. You know, even just back to last year when the textbooks in the history where they made slaves seem like it was what they call them, indentured servants. Right, yeah. That they wanted to come over. And that was in a school, no. but in the schools. Yeah. And it was on the news and stuff. It's like, no, that's, that's not what happened. You can't rewrite history and then try to make it seem, you know, that it, it didn't happen or, oh, it's not that bad. So, like, this situation just reminded me back to, you know, back then in the slavery times where, you know, slavery supporters would insist that it, slavery was more, um, you know, violent and they would get you know they would get in trouble if they spoke out against slavery or if they reveal what was really happening so you know it's just everything repeating itself and it's just the issue that america needs to deal with that's right well speaking up is hard i mean you know they always tell you you know see something say something mm-hmm. i mean yeah we always ask you know quote unquote good cops say say something about yeah. the right. cops and whatever and that's that's not as uh, black and white but as you see carranza he basically mm-hmm. has to forfeit his career he does yeah. to do that yeah. Um, well, he so even talks to his one. wife about it. Yeah. You know, he's I mean, sitting there and she's like, babe, you know. I'm basically asking her, like, are you ready to deal with what we're going to have to deal with if I do this? Because I can just, I can throw the tape out That's and, right. just, yeah. and just forget it ever happened. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, you know, but my conscience wouldn't, I didn't let him, Diego. Of course that. not. Right. Of course not. Um, well, but hey. And not only your character, but also um, Vic, the... Uh, yeah, his you know, ex-partner. She, his mm-hmm. ex-partner. Um, she also spoke out against him in the mm-hmm. hearing, and mm-hmm. she told mm-hmm. him that she was going to plead the fifth. But she put her life, her job on the line too. Yeah. And there's all these officers, all these cops mm-hmm. that are putting their jobs on the line to do this, and then nothing comes about nothing. it. So, you know, that's just what we're seeing today. And I think what to what you were saying, um, Sebastian is. They don't want to necessarily say that he's guilty because this could set it up for how future trials. He set a precedent, yeah. I mean, yeah. right. You're setting always, a precedent. It's always going to fall behind. You know, he was doing, some, you know, right. His duty. He was following protocol, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Um, I, I will say, <laughs> I'm nothing close to a cop, but I do. I have walked. I played a cop in many different cities. I walked the streets. I usually would kind of walk off set. They tell you not to do that in uniform. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's been a blessing to kind of see the other side of things. Mm-hmm. You can never really understand or empathize if you walk in somebody's shoes. And, like, if you walk in the hood in a cop uniform in any city I've ever been in, they, they, they threaten you. Yeah. They don't like you. They're, viol- they're, they're hostile to you. Mm-hmm. And I understand where that comes mm-hmm. from. I totally understand where it comes from. But it's interesting to be in that uniform. And as someone who's like, nah, I'm on your side, like, I get it. And they're just looking at me like, nah, Paige. No, like, you're and not. they're just coming at me. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you know, a lot of these, a lot of these, Paul's a young guy. Yeah, he and, is. And, and you're trying to, you're scared for your own life. And in that situation, you know, when they say it's a split second, like, they're not lying. Mm-hmm. It's true. You know, it, no one wants to be in that position. Yeah. Diego yeah. says it. It's not a call anyone ever wants to make. Yeah. Um, this is a tough, it's a tough job. But you sign up for it. And we just hope that when you do sign up for it, you do it with the best intentions and you're getting trained right. Yeah, that's yeah. true. To, to not be so scared in those moments. Yeah. Well, training is a is a big deal. My dad, uh, my brother and brother-in-law were all in the military. Okay. 
And of course, they don't ever divulge the seriousness of the things they did. But we have heard mm-hmm. stories, you know, to a point of the decisions they had to make. And I remember my dad said uh, when he got out of Vietnam, he was going to be a Georgia State uh, police officer, which is a CHP out here. And he said he walked up the steps of the Capitol and he said, you know what? My PTSD is too serious right now. He was like, everybody's going to die if I become a police officer. Wow. Mm-hmm. And he said, I am not going to go that route. But he was self-aware to Couldn't know. Be good for him. A lot of people yeah. aren't. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so, and How do you diagnose yourself? Exactly. Yeah. And so for me, saying what you said, like it's important to understand that experiences you have can lead you in that role. And my dad was precocious enough to understand, hey, I have an issue that I need to address before I can move forward in any career. And he chose not to serve as a police officer. And for that, I feel like his life was much better. Mm-hmm. I feel like his life was much better because of it. Yeah. So that's very important that, you know, mental health is something that's very important. Very and we important. need to make sure that that is a, a large reason to, I guess, to analyze yourself when you're looking at certain careers. Um, I would like to move forward, however, into Tia Brooms, the trash. So, we see that Tia is talking about uh, trying to see how she's going to maneuver around this campaign in order to win without being dirty. But Sharice comes to her and says, hey, man, look, if we're going to do this, we got to get it done the way I see fit. I have worked for Gordon. I know his files. I know his history. How are we going to fix this problem? Well, it turns out that she, to a point, fixed the problem because she won. And mm-hmm. that was the part that really spoke to me. It saw it to me. It showed that the community knows that Tia is the change that's necessary in order for them to move forward. How did you feel about that, Kelsey? I love that. Okay. I think we all again cheered when yes. this happened. A mm-hmm. different reaction than before, but um, that was so good. And I think that if this season, like, or if they get another season, mm-hmm. um, then that'll be a great storyline to see her versus. Amanda Sharp. Right. Um, and to see that conflict because... Yeah. They have to work together now. Yeah, now they mm-hmm. have to work together, but they believe in completely different things. Of course. So there's where your conflict comes, but I mean, we've seen Tia campaigning this whole series, so it was really good to get that payoff and, you know, to see her win and mm-hmm. believe in something, you know, change and everything. Right. Great that she right. believes in. So. Miss Green Eyes. <laughs> I want to let y'all know, look, I am a, I'm a Stephen A. Smith fan. He always talks about Max Kellerman's eyes. Max Kellerman. Yeah. yeah, and so I exactly. You know, we're not going to talk about that. And now I'm looking at Kelsey. She has like these green eyes. They are green. They yeah. are very pretty. Yeah, very pretty eyes. Can we do so, a zoom they're in? even prettier when you do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there you go. So, but um, but moving forward, I would like to talk to uh, Sebastian. I want to know how did you feel? Did you feel like there was a resolve when Tia won? Um, it didn't feel like resolve to me. I feel, okay, I, I felt like a victory. Uh, okay, it felt like another step. Okay. Um, a big step, a huge step. Okay, um, good, good. But no, no, not resolve. I think I think uh, Tia and then the rest of these characters have a whole lot more to offer. A lot to dig more. What I'm saying, I know. a whole lot more. That maybe we Where have to unravel. Where like did Karanza go? No one right. even knows. Saying, can I get like a bail? Another, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I like to think he's in Cancun, Mexico. Uh-oh. <laughs> with a <with> coronita. <laughs> Just living the life. <laughs> I have a question. Go ahead. So, um, Sebastian, yeah. with all of the police brutality and police shootings that have been going on over the past few years, how are you hoping that the show The Red Line um, will further the conversation beyond protesting? I just hope I just hope that people can watch this and 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 one feel the family's pain, mm-hmm. feel the feel the daughter's pain, um, feel 
the Paul's pain for what he's for what he's done and just kind of and I touched on it earlier I think when it comes to Paul's character it just speaks to it's not it, you know she said something earlier too is like she said uh yeah some I don't know who you were talking about somebody's kind of racist right like kind mm-hmm. of racism is kind of like the evolution of racism mm-hmm. right now right like mm-hmm. now it's like people aren't really racist like that they kind of racist now mm-hmm. and um and I think he's looking into himself and he's realizing, like he said, he's like, maybe I wouldn't have shot him if he was white. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such an amazing thing for, for a cop on television to say and think because we're not saying you're bad. Or we're just saying that, yeah. hey, man, like, people have been shown in a certain light, mm-hmm. black and brown people. That's true. And even myself, mm-hmm. I'm affected by it. You right. You know what I'm saying? I've, I've been to New York City and I've been on one side of the street and, you know, seen some white people come and didn't think mm-hmm. twice and then saw, like, a group of my black brothers or Puerto Rican brothers walking. I was like, oh, shit, let me cross. They look like they might want to mm-hmm. get me. You know what I'm saying? And, and you think to yourself, like, why do I think that? It's because yeah. I watch it on TV and yep. I see it. You're programmed. And mm-hmm. so the programming, just look at yourself and try to do your best and try to listen to other people when they hurt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think this show was a lot of hurt in it. Yeah. So yeah. hopefully mm-hmm. people will talk about it, even if they're offended, even if there's people who... Our, our police officers and, and don't really like the way, you know, Paul was portrayed or whatever. And I, I think it's still good because at the end of the day, we all talk about starting a conversation. Yeah. Right. And to be part of a show that is that is a conversation and and wants to spark it is just, yeah. it's yeah, dope. You dope. don't always get a chance to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, um, that's one thing I do <clears throat> like about the show that it makes everyone think and get it from a different perspective. Because mm-hmm. um, I was saying last time that, you know, often when crime happens or something happens on TV, you kind of take one person's side. You know, it, you usually mm-hmm. take the victim side or yeah. if you're a cop, you like, okay, well, this is how the cops feel. But we never kind of see how every single person yeah. is taking mm-hmm. it and how each person is affected by it. Which, you know, leads into the name of the show, The Red Line, because being that I'm from Chicago, The Red Line is the train mm-hmm. station that connects right. the north side to the I south side. It. I So, you know... <laughs> so, yeah, just the fact that, you know, you have Tia and her family on the south side of Chicago... Then you have Jira and her family on the um, north side of Chicago, and it's two totally different. So type segregated, of, Chicago. Yeah. Chicago. The first time is, Chicago was feminist. Okay. Yes, Chicago is very, very segregated. I was a little surprised by that. I wasn't yeah, you that. got the Greek town. That's mm-hmm. where most of the Greeks are. You got Chinatown. That's where most of the China, China, um, Asian people are. And they have like their own stores. Everything is in their language. Mm-hmm. Then you go. Um, you got the Mexicans on one part of the town, and the blacks. And you got the Africans over here. Like it's very, mm-hmm. very Puerto segregated. Ricans in Hancock Park. Yeah. Like, yeah, so, you know, the fact that the name of the show kind of really just brought things together and kind of show that no matter where you're from, that we can kind of come together to try to make a positive change. I like that you said that um, about the red line. So we we did find out that it is the North and South train. Mm -hmm. So the part that I feel is important that we didn't see a lot of was Ethan's perspective. He is the operator of the Mm -hmm. red line. So, oh, yeah. like, I'm from Atlanta. So, I mentioned that earlier. I'm proud to be from Atlanta, but I'm glad I'm in L.A. Um, <laughs> in, in Atlanta, it's segregated, but not that much. It's mainly segregated by income brackets, not right. race. So, if you can afford a million-dollar home in Atlanta and you're Latin or Asian, then you live with Latin, Asian, white, black. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So, hearing you say that, it sounds like it doesn't matter how much money you make. You just stay on your side of town based on your ethnicity or your race. Um... I wouldn't say necessarily. Yeah, it wasn't that segregated. Not that segregated. Okay. okay. I was in a nice part of town. Yeah, it, yeah <laughs> it's not that segregated, but you know, it also goes into just systemic racism, too. So okay. it's kind of like no one asks to be there, but it's kind of like, you know the saying? They say, oh, y'all crabs in a barrel, but it's like, well, who put the crabs oh, in a yeah. barrel? Because crabs, that's not their natural environment right. in a barrel. So it's kind of like stuff that's already. 
probably put in place from years and years okay. and years and years ago. Okay. So, that's, real quick, yeah. I want to say I thoroughly enjoyed Chicago. I just want to let whoever's listening know. <laughs> Y'all hosted me well. I love the city. Wait, did you check out, question, Was did you check out the chicken, Harold's and Uncle Remus? Did you check that out I while did. you did? We actually had a truck come to set one day. Uh-huh. I think it was Matthew Cherry who called it, so we did have some chicken. Okay. Oh. Gotta get Harold's though. The food in Chicago was probably some of the best food I've ever had in my life. Everything mm. in Chicago is good. Oh, <laughs> All right, well... <laughs> That wraps up our recap of the red line. <laughs> 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 So we um we want to take the the last few minutes and um have some questions for Sebastian. If you have questions on the live chat, just send them, and if we can get to them, we will. I want to start off with Kelsey. Uh, any questions you may have for Sebastian as far as the show? Yeah. So um when you got the role, I mean, were you presented with this like through your agent, and you decided to take the role because of the red line and all of what this meant, or how was that? You know, no, getting I, I, this part. It was it was typical. Like it was an audition. Okay. Um, and when I got this, it's one of those things, you know, I get a lot of auditions. Sometimes you read them and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, maybe. And I read this one. I'm like, oh, I can do this. I was like, and, oh, I was like, oh, I like what he's saying. I just went and did it. You know, I got a call a few days later, got the role. I mean, I worked with CBS a few times. I played a cop for mm-hmm. CBS before. And it was a very similar kind of dynamic between me and the partner. So I think maybe they were just like, all right, we've seen him do it before. Mm-hmm. And my character in the Blue Bloods was a little bit more like Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little prejudice, basically Kind of racist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it was really good to be on the other side of it. Yeah. Yeah. So as soon as they, they said they were interested, I was like, please, I'm down. Yeah. let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. And then you talked excited. also um, a little bit about how you hope that the audience perceives the show. Have you had any kind of, um, I don't want to say backlash, but have you had any kind of feedback from the audience, good or bad, as far as, because you... You know, I wouldn't You're know. Boring. I wouldn't really know. I don't. Okay. I, you know, I stay out the comments. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> that's I, uh, good. Um, honestly, I, I mean, I, I, what I've heard. I mean, no, it's not been any bad comments by anybody. I mean, I'm sure there's good. one or yeah. two, like snitch. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I thought I thought that was interesting because my character, you know, I think he's doing good at the end of the day. But there is a segment of people that's going to be like, "Yo, he, he snitched." You know, like that's not cool. Um, so, but I, but I haven't heard any backlash. No. Okay. My mama loves it. Good. All right. We love it too. Hey, we mama. Love it too. What's happening, mama? Yeah, what's up, mama? <laughs> well, I um, I do have a question. Um, you are from New York City. Yeah. Do you think Kevin Durant is going to the Knicks? <laughs> Yo, bro, do we have another forty-five I'm minutes? I'm saying. <laughs> I'm praying. Okay. To uh, little black baby Jesus, that <laughs> Kevin Durant does show up. We got the third pick. We're not getting Zion. No. I, you know what? You just made me sad. <laughs> You, you just mad because you're from Atlanta and y'all got like the, oh, I don't know what. Nothing. Oh man, why you do that? Dog? This was real good until you brought the mix up. That's why I waited until the end of the show. Dude, you know? man, step down, man. Don't make me. Don't make me go out there and put on my cop uniform and arrest you. Uh oh, he's gonna pull his cop uniform. He's gonna go I keep it. I keep it when uh, when there's requests. Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We'll, we'll keep that. <laughs> no, no who's, no, no who's, no what's, no wins and no where's. <laughs> All right, AJ, you have a question. Uh, sure, yeah. So you started off in um, Broadway. I did. So is that something that you were passionate about? We just kind of get your feet wet a little bit. You know, I just kind of, I went to a professional performing arts school mm-hmm. in New York City. Um, and I was a singer. Like, I've been a singer my whole oh. life. So they were like, do you sing? I'm like, yeah. Can you act, dance? I was like, yeah, I guess so. And the next thing you know, I'm musical theater. And then the next thing you know, I'm, I'm getting some auditions. And mm-hmm. I got a couple roles. And 
And I was like 18, I stopped doing Broadway because I was like, I want to do TV and movie and stuff, but I miss it. I miss the connection of it. like the stage and mm-hmm. that instant kind of, you know, now you film something and you wait yeah. a year or two years. And So would you go back to Broadway? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe if they come up on that change. Uh-oh. Y'all, he know how to do Broadway. He <laughs> yes. know how he said it. He does oh, Broadway. Broadway's a lot of work, man. Some of the most talented people, uh, you, you know, when I used to, I feel like my my, my, my my knife was super sharp when I was auditioning for Broadway because you have to be. Mm-hmm. So many good singers, so many talented people who really care about the craft. Um, so I'm kind of glad that I'm not competing in that realm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not out of the question. Can okay. you sing something? I was just about to say, can we get a can preview we get a of this? Can la, 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 la Watch the red line, baby. <laughs> okay, now, now that look. Was good. Yes. I, uh, y'all know I grew up a Church of God in Christ. I can grab the oh, keys in his song. We can talk next and we can get on the keys. <laughs> right. that ain't to me. Well, my, I grew up, I had a group called Listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to, to Mookie Collins. He was the pianist. He was the pianist, the pianist mm-hmm. of the group. And uh, he was amazing, man. He grew up in church. That's what's so up. He, uh, I used to sing very straight, speaking of Broadway. And then he uh, he brought me to church one day in oh, Brooklyn. Oh, yeah. And I was like, what are they doing? Mm-hmm. And it changed my life. Taking laps with and their now, And now I think I'm Wanye from Boys to Men. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, brother, stop. Just sing it. You know, we get it. No, you can see for us Young Christina. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yes. That's dope, man. That's intro, what's up. The new intro song. <laughs> yes. Well, um, well, I did see here that you are in a movie, American Exit. I'm in a movie. All right. You want to talk yeah. about that for us, sir? Mama, I made it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, American Exit, starring uh, Dane Cook, mm-hmm. very funny man, Levi Miller, extremely talented young man, Udo Kier, mm-hmm. who is a legend in the game, and then myself. Uh, and it's pretty much a tale about a father and son. Uh, father is sick and kind of wants to have one last bonding kind of trip with his son, but he he's, he's kind of a mess up, and he does some bad things, so me and Udo have to go find him because he stole something from us. That so, sounds like a journey. I'm a, I'm a bad guy, and I, I talk, talk kind of like this. Okay, like you got yeah. marshmallows in your, t- in yeah, your jaw? Yeah, yeah, something <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then is that out on streaming, on Amazon Prime? It's on, it's on most digital platforms, you know, uh, YouTube Red, uh, Fandango, uh, Hulu, I believe, I believe, um, I believe I can fly. <laughs> and Amazon Prime. And all Prime. the other, and, uh, and yeah. on demand and all that good stuff. <laughs> Check it out. I'm on it. Watch it. I'm, wear, I'm wearing support. stuff and saying stuff. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. I think yeah. um, based off what Ooh, I've seen. So I, oh, go another movie called, uh, I believe it's called Hell is Where the Home Is. A little horror movie I did where I get an axe in my face. Uh-uh. I, believe, I believe that comes out in the summer, but they haven't quite hit me up with the release date. But I'm actually you, excited to see that. Do you last, though? Like, do they actually in the first? No, no, I don't make it, brother. That, that oh, axe, that's that dirty, axe, bro. That axe, I just gave that away, didn't I? Well, yeah, axe to the face will do it to you. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. Ain't nobody going to live from that. I'm still going to look at it, though. We're <laughs> still going to tune in. Well, that's what's up. We are glad that you came to be with so, us today. I'm so glad to be here. Thank yeah. you. So wonderful, Thank man. You Thank you for coming. Yeah, you are you are a wonderful person to interview. We had Benny last week. We have you this Chibs. week. Chibs! Yes. yes. <laughs> Shout out to Chibs, man. Yeah, it was a wonderful experience. We want to say thank you to all of the cast members. Ava DuVernay, we want to say thank you to you as being one of the executive producers. CBS, we thank you. We do hope that you all move forward and bringing up a little bit more of these issues. They're very important in our day. Uh, Miss Kelsey, tell everybody where they can find you. Yes, thank you guys for watching. This has been great. I am Kelsey Hightower. You can watch. You can find me at, at Kelsey Hightower, and you can watch my other AfterBuzz show on Good Girls tomorrow night, Monday, 9 p.m. AJ. 
Hey everyone, AJ. Follow me on Instagram at Crimson Pearl and check out my YouTube channel, AJ Talks. All right, Mr. Sebastian. Yo, quick shout out to Erica Weiss, Caitlin Parrish, and Kevin Hooks, our fearless leaders of this show and the creators. All right, and I Big am family. your moderator, Joshua Wright. You can find me all things social media at Cleverly Clad. I'm doing Gentleman Jack tomorrow night at 9 o'clock. We'll catch y'all later. Thanks. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.